Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and unlearning the programming within us. Let's uncover your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. Well, imagine a substance, a molecule that had such profound healing of benefits to the body, works on poor cellular energy processes like nothing anybody's found before, yet leaves the body completely unharmed and uncovers some of the subconscious filters that are guiding the perception of reality, which is at the core of a lot of mental, emotional challenges that I think a lot of us face. Medicines that kind of like take that veil away so that you can start to dive in and see that and work on it, make sense of it. It's the future. There's something on the other side of this. There's some deep learning for us to share with the world. Because it's working on the core of our stress resilience and it really can shut down our energy. And energy is what we need to express our innate intelligence in our body to heal. Is it possible that this could be the most upstream core aspect of disease? And I would offer that it is, is we get to experiment with these things and maybe stand on the shoulders of a lot of the science that's coming out and be able to benefit from that and refine what processes serve us to be the most efficient in the sense that we're able to enjoy life, ultimately serve others. And that comes from a vital body. I see a lot of patients and have, you know, I've been practicing for 30 years. The consequence of dominant sympathetics is present in almost all of my patients. So for someone to think that this conversation isn't important for healing a gut problem or a degenerative neurologic problem or a twisted ankle even. Like it all matters. It's all important. It's been a big part of my healing is getting that back into that range that is manageable mm -hmm. and these other things can start to happen because now my body can work with me. As we're gaining more knowledge and we're starting to understand these substances and how the body works, it's just this radical change. So I imagine that that is going to continue to evolve. And so I look to just kind of stay on the forefront of that. What are ways that we can create like this ultimate vitality, both structurally and chemi chemically in, in the body, ways that we can promote this direct experience of like who we really are? How do you create that and refine that? That's really where my attention's at. All right. So today we're on with Dr. John Lawrence, and I was just sharing with him that we're going to do, do it a little differently today. It's been recommended that I do an intro for each episode to cover what we're going to discuss. I've had tension around. I've tried to do it in the past. It just feels very forced. And so <laughs> what, I, what I'm going to do today, and we'll see if it sticks, but I want to take people a little bit into my process and I want to share with them what I intend to cover today the things that are, you know, in the way that I know you and the way that we've worked together, the things that I think would be really beneficial for people. Those things are going to be the protocols that I'm currently using with you. Uh, we're going to talk about melatonin, mm -hmm. which just my understanding of it has completely shifted. And I think that is going to be powerful for people to understand how it's so much more than what we've been kind of sold its, its process as. We're going to talk about another thing you've introduced me to is suppositories uh -huh. and the benefits of those and the bioavailability bio of those versus IVs and mm -hmm. pills. Um, and then we're going to talk about 
ways that people connect can connect and work with you. And there's many different ways to do it. And I have, I'll have all links in the show notes to those different, um, those different opportunities. And then if people are willing to stick around and I know they will be because my listeners always do, mm-hmm. we're going to share with them what is, is literally called the magic bullet. Yeah. And, um, and I'd love for you to share, just tell me, a, give them a little teaser about the magic bullet. Why is it so important? So, well, imagine a substance, a molecule that had such profound healing of benefits to the body works on core cellular energy processes like nothing anybody's found before yet leaves the body completely unharmed you know we're going to dive into that and you're going to find out what that molecule is at the end of the show that's right and that's what i've been working with one of the many things i've been working with um i really want this to serve as kind of an extended elevator pitch um for the work that you're doing and sharing with the world a lot of people are curious about the things that I'm doing and they have had some people on in the past who I've been working with. And so our relationship I'd say is probably within the past month to six weeks. And we've worked a lot together in that period of time. Mm-hmm. I've traveled to South Africa and used a lot of these protocols in travel, mm-hmm. which has been great. Um, so I'm excited to share all that with people. Um, I also, I want to acknowledge uh, our our great mutual friends, Luke Story and Khalil Rafati, who really were the the source of this introduction. Luke, through sharing your meditation mist with me mm-hmm. last spring. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was really, I really took to it. I loved it. I shared it with a bunch of people when we go up to Idaho in the summer and they loved it. Nice. It was interesting. Women generally uh, enjoyed it more than the men. Uh-huh. Do you find that at all? Or is that just random? Yeah. Um, Women do enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, It'd be interesting to see, uh, you know, to do some sort of a study where you can look at, see the women versus the men. Um, But I'd say for the most part, it's, it's pretty widely enjoyed by most people. Yeah. I mean, it's not for everybody, Mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a product that works um, based on these Amazonian herbs. Right. And so something called hape. Right. And so um, I had been doing some training regarding facilitation with uh, medicines and, and helping people kind of delve into some um, and uncover some of the subconscious filters that are, you know, guiding our, the perception of reality, which is at the core of a lot of um, uh, mental, emotional uh, challenges that I think a lot of us face. Mm-hmm. Right? And so these, these challenges that are creating stress in our, in our, in our awareness are based on the filters that we create um, throughout our life, you know, different experiences and relationships and whatnot. Uh, There's certain belief systems that drive our perception of reality. And so, you know, starting to be introduced to, you know, plant medicines and medicines that kind of like um, take that veil away so that you can start to dive in and see that and work on it um, and unravel it, make sense of it uh, is just, it's the future, right? And so this is this mental, emotional, spiritual component to healing that, you know, I'd been looking for, for so many years. And what's part of some of these ceremonies is this, um, this hape. And for people that don't know what that is, it's like this, um, 
herbal snuff, right? So it's a powder and it's generally blown into the nose through like a, a special straw. And, um, and it, it's, it's very strong as far as the burn. It feels like you just inhaled like battery acid into your nose. It's right? intense. Yeah. And it's very intense. And so I, I really didn't like it the first time I had it. I was uh, served it. It was, it was something I was like, I'll never do that again. It was that bad. And I didn't get what's, so there's, there's an afterglow, right? So yeah. you, you do the, the hop a, you have this terrible burning. And then afterwards you just feel really grounded. And you, you know, the, the, in the Amazon, they would do this before ceremony because you're feeling you're, you're from the heart, right? So you're settling down that fight or flight mechanism or the sympathetics and you're activating this parasympathetic or this vagal tone, right? So the mm. vagus carries most of the, the parasympathetic nervous system. Can you talk the about the vagus a little bit? It's It might be unfamiliar to a lot of folks here. Yeah, so you have something called the autonomic nervous system, and this is automatic. It's, it's working when we don't think about it, right? It's beating our heart. It's allowing our digestive tract to work, our, our glands secreting hormones, um, our, our vascularity things, you know, where it's like the, the either vasoconstriction or vasodilation um, where it's bringing blood flow to certain parts of the body. All of this is regulated without us having to think about it. It's automatic. That's why they call it the auto, autonomic nervous system. And so there's two sides to this autonomic nervous system, almost, almost like the yin and the yang. And one of them is the fight or flight, which is the sympathetics, which most people have too much of that energy, right? And this is, this is tied to the cortisol. So in the morning, we release cortisol, which is the stress hormone. But you know, if it's in the right amount, it's perfect. We need it because it helps us to get things done, to focus on projects and, and do various tasks. Um, and then you have the parasympathetic nervous system that's really, um, really regulated through melatonin. And this is where when we go to sleep and our body goes into this restorative phase, right? And this is all tied to what's called the circadian rhythm, right? So you have this, this sleep-wake cycle that is, is kind of in tandem with this sympathetic-parasympathetic situation. And then, the, and then there's the heart that's controlled by both, right? So one of the measurements that we use, um, and perhaps you've used it as well, is heart rate variability. Yeah. And so the heart being controlled by both the sympathetic and you could imagine a fight or flight is going to increase heart rate versus the parasympathetic resting and digesting it's going to slow the heart rate down and so the 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 uh, the vagus nerve right is a nerve that's projecting down through the um, brainstem into the body is what's carrying the messages of that parasympathetic nervous system and so this is going to go to the heart both in a sympathetic and a parasympathetic um, uh, uh, route and so when you have good balance between like the yin and the yang, the sympathetics and the parasympathetics, the heart's going to change a little bit. It's going to do a little bit sympathetic, a little bit parasympathetic. So it's a variability, right? And the more variability that you have, the more balanced you are between the yin and the yang, right? And so what happens is people become too dominant with the sympathetics. They're not nurturing that parasympathetic side to their nervous system. You know, things like meditation and laughing and enjoying life and um, you know, just deep relaxation, you know, and sleep, you know, and we can kind of dive into melatonin and how important this is to regulating those factors. And for those of us that, that have a hard time changing our lifestyle, which is most of us, right? We have a certain set uh, of goals that we have for our life and we're, we're on a mission, right? And, and so there's only so much that we're willing to change in our life in order because we want to achieve these goals in our life, right? So mm -hmm. 
So that's where melatonin comes into play, right? So supplementing melatonin can radically improve the heart rate variability. And there's studies that show it. And when you look at melatonin, this is what's fascinating. So if you look at melatonin, it has a graph versus age. And once you get like to 40 years old, it just drops dramatically. And by like the 70s and 80s, I mean, you virtually have no melatonin. So this is really a consequence of aging that none of us are going to be able to really escape. So we can try to hack melatonin in the sense of, you know, the lights and light pollution, you know, where blue and green light in the evenings is going to be bad for melatonin. EMF trick triggers the pineal where it, 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 it thinks that it's daytime. So like, you know, that EMF actually monkeys up your circadian rhythm and suppresses melatonin release. Mm. So all of these things are important to know and to uh, try to structure around, you know, if you want to have a long, vital, healthy life. Um, however, supplementing with melatonin makes a lot of sense because we have too many stressors. And yet as we get older, there's, we can't avoid this rapid decline in melatonin. And it is the primary hormone that's going to buffer stress. Mm-hmm. So what I found um, through my journey, my personal journey, uh, dealing with pretty severe Lyme condition. And And this is, this is what I love about your story in particular. And by the way, I, I I didn't mention it at the, at the outset, but Dr. John's not your typical doctor. Yes. You're very learned. You've done deep research. You've created some incredible products, but you're also willing to be in the world and be curious whether it's around plant medicines, for instance, which there are doctors out there doing it, but they're not maybe necessarily sharing that. And I think you've gleaned so much through your experience there that I think it's important for people to understand that we're people in this world and, and do we have the courage, right? As a doctor in particular, do you have the courage to go out there and explore these things? And I, and I love that about your story. Mm-hmm. But what I also wanted to mention is one of the, my favorite archetypes is the wounded healer. And in your story, it is rich mm. through your experience with, with Lyme and mold, which I, as before you shared that, I just wanted to make sure people understand that this is something that, I mean, it fucked you up for a while, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the benefits of it, mm. the path it's led you on, the inspiration it's created in your life, brother, you wouldn't be doing the work you're doing without it. And I think no. people, we all get in, in, in challenging situations. Mm-hmm. And if we can just sit in it and understand that there is some, there's something on the other side of this. We don't know what it is maybe, but there's some deep learning for us to share with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd love for, yeah, I'd love to hear more about you your know, experience I had a, with that. a beautiful conversation with another mutual friend, Josh Trent. Yes. And we actually recorded a show. You know, it was yesterday. Yes. I'm here, I'm here for the weekend. You're on you know, the tour. Like I'm on the tour, right? And so we were talking about just that same, um, and thank you, by the way, and I, I appreciate uh, that recognition and um, kind words. So, you know, it, it was a very difficult time. And in the middle of it, you know, you just you think it's just awful and it'll never end, right? So um, Josh and I were talking about how that would compare to like a... Um, if you were cleaning clothes, right. And you have the wash cycle and you open up the door and you look at the dirty water and you're judging the process in the middle of it. Like it's no, it's not working. It's still dirty. Right. But it's Mm. in the process of cleaning those clothes. 
So we don't know, like ultimately, you know, this is cleansing us, right? These challenges are cleaning us of um, these unconscious belief systems and these, these, these ideas and these perceptions that we have of who we are and what we're able to accomplish in life and, uh, and, and, and a lot of limited beliefs. Right. And so I had a lot of limited beliefs and I, I faced the dragon and I feel like I got a little bit of the gold. Right. And, and it was scary. And so it went on for, you know, over 10 years, not even knowing what was wrong with me. And, and this was started, you said, oh, seven, oh, eight. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, and before that I had this, uh, probably one of the largest holistic practices in Florida. You know, we had 10,000 square feet right next to the Sarasota Memorial Hospital. And I had one of those practices where people flying in, you know, I still do, you know, but at the time, um, you know, I was doing a lot of work with uh, functional neurology and I was posting just some of these dramatic changes that I was getting with a lot of these uh, neuro- very difficult neurological cases, stroke, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, um, a lot of vestibular people with dizziness and like refractory headaches that nobody could, could fix. I was, I was using some of the skills I learned as a chiropractic neurologist, and I had been lucky enough to train using these endonasal balloon treatments. And I, I, I figured out how to combine these two together and developed a technique called functional cranial release, which I, you know, before that I'd been teaching doctors. And so I was like that my prime, you know, I probably weighed close to 200 pounds, about the same body weight. You know, I was doing a lot of, um, you know, bodybuilding and just was in just prime shape. Right. And, uh, and then it hit me. And then I went from that to virtually losing my practice, right? Because you have so much inflammation that you're, you're just, it affects your mood, right? And it was very polarizing in a lot of relationships, right? I had, I was holding onto a lot of anger and hostility that was coming up for me with all of that pain and inflammation in my body. <clears throat> and, and so, you know, I pretty much lost everything. And then you had the, the perfect storm where 08 and, you know, you know, the tenants I had in the building left, I couldn't rent it out. And then I got sick and just everything that could go wrong went wrong. Right. And so it all burned down and, uh, you know, uh, but then I figured out some very core, uh, um, common threads of all diseases. That's what came out of this is that I, I have been able to like understand the most upstream concept of healing and health. Uh, based on my experience, and I'm able to share that with the world and develop some um, some strategies and some products that can address these these underlying conditions that I call metabolic medicine, right? So it's cellular energetics, and this is really at the core of of, of all diseases is that you you start to have a um, uh, diminished ability to efficiently create energy from glucose and oxygen through the mitochondria. And so the body is a self-healing, self-regulating machine, and it has the wisdom within it to heal, right? Why doesn't it, right? So it's, there's some interference that's run. And my personal opinion is toxins and infections are always at the, at the root, right? So there's a variety of stressors that we would be exposed to. And the result of those stressors is always going to be some level of inflammation, which is in essence cytokines, right? The cytokine pattern is going to be dictated by the type of stressor, which could be a sunburn or it could be COVID-19. They're going to be a a different set of inflammatory markers, right? They call cytokines. 
those cytokines, when they interact with the cell, particularly the mitochondria, it creates a radical shift in the way that that mitochondria actually makes energy. In fact, it shuts the mitochondria down. And so uh, glucose turns into something called pyruvate when it goes into the cell. And normally that pyruvate enters the mitochondria and then it, all the magic happens. We get all this energy. It's beautiful, right? We get this something called ATP through what's called the respiratory, um, the electron transport chain, right? So the mitochondria's job is to move electrons. In the process of moving electrons, it's what's considered exothermic. It produces heat. Um, and the, the, the cell and the mitochondria uses that to produce this ATP through four complexes of proteins, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So stay tuned. Yeah, that's right. That's really, we're going to dive deep into that, which is really fascinating. Um, but, uh, but, but so when the stressor is too much, it exceeds the ability to adapt to that stress. The cell sh shifts its way of energy, making energy from the normal energy within the mitochondria to anaerobic glycolysis. They also call it the Warburg effect. Have you ever heard this before? The only, Warburg effect? Only uh, in watching your presentation from the other day, but uh, yeah, please explain. Yeah. So Otto Warburg won the Nobel Prize for discovering that cancer and oxygen couldn't coexist. And he was able to discover this early primitive way of making energy called fermentation, which is this anaerobic glycolysis. It doesn't happen in the mitochondria, but this is all stressors are forcing cells to make energy that way. And it's, it, you lose about 90% of the energy capacity of the cell. Wow. And this is what, how people die of COVID is because you imagine if you had, consider your immune cells like soldiers and you're fighting a battle and all of a sudden you lose 90% of your soldiers, you're going to lose that battle. And that's exactly what happens to people in the hospital when they have the cytokine storm, because it's too many cytokines, it overwhelms the cell. And there's melatonin sitting right there produced by the mitochondria. Every single mitochondria in your body, which is 30% of your body weight, by the way, is mitochondria. Yeah. And so these mitochondria, they, um, they rely on melatonin to help them deal with stress, all stressors. And this is what quenches that system. So melatonin is not just something you take to go to bed at night. No. And that's... That's, it's been so oversimplified. And again, just my work with you and um, just starting to understand that. And I know you've, you've written a book called Melatonin, the Miracle, Miracle Molecule, Molecule yeah. which is deep. It's like 500 something pages, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> almost three years in the making. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I don't want to get sidetracked here, but so yeah. uh, each one of our cells, each one of our mitochondria have melatonin mm -hmm. within it. Okay. Yeah. And another really fascinating um, aspect of melatonin is um, it's produced by the um, cells that line the gut. And the gut produces 400 times more melatonin than the brain does. So we think about melatonin as far as it's released from the pineal gland related to circadian rhythm and helping us sleep and go into that deep parasympathetic resting um, state. But you have this aspect of the microbiome, which you know is becoming more and more recognized as uh, incredibly important for health and vitality and longevity, is a strong, healthy uh, microbiome. And so um, the microbiome is on a circadian rhythm just like we are. And so melatonin is dictating that just like melatonin is doing for us and our brain is doing it for these, these microflora. And so when you have a strong melatonin release, it, it produces something called microbiome swarming, 
where you have all those good bacteria that start to proliferate and grow. And so, you know, versus going and spending a lot of money on all these probiotics, you know, why not do it the way the body naturally wants to, which is, you know, grow your own and it suppresses the bad bacteria. They've actually done studies. I have a chapter in uh, the melatonin book on gut and, and it's just fascinating. All of the studies on Crohn's ulcerative colitis. I mean, all these digestive conditions have been looked at and studied and melatonin has showed to be, you know, honestly, you can't patent melatonin, but if you could, it would be all over the news. It would be all over TV. You'd be getting, it would be stuffed down your throat while you watch commercials for every single indication, because it looks, uh, from the research I've seen, it blows away just about any drug that you could imagine for almost you know, you know, I, I'm going to sound crazy here, but almost every disease you can think I of. I say go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's working on the core of our stress resilience. So if we have this cascade of cytokines and it really can shut down our energy and energy is what we need to express our innate intelligence in our body to heal, then is it possible that this could be the most upstream core aspect of of disease. And I would offer that it is. And genes, you know, it's such a popular thing, you know, you get all these doctors and listen, if you're listening to this and you're a doctor and you're, 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 you're working and you're testing a lot of patients genes and you're doing it kind of that way, it's, 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 it's a way to go about it. But, but I'm talking about like genes are expressed based on the energetics of the cell. So if you have poor gene expression, it's because there's no battery left in the cell. So you start to have a breakdown in the way that the genes are expressed. The adaptive capacity of the cell to deal with stressors starts to diminish, right? So um, I got no problem with dealing with genes and like realizing if you're a bad methylator or a good methylator and like, but it's a bit oversimplified and it's kind of cookie cutter. And I think that's why a lot of doctors jump on that bandwagon and like it because it's finally, I have a simple roadmap. Yeah. I can run a test and then I can sit here and I can say, okay, you know, you need to take these vitamins and, you, and it's like, it's, it's cookie cutter, right? Yeah. It takes a lot of the critical thinking out of it. And it's interesting. I just heard something this morning. Um, what you're talking about is epigenetics, really, yeah, and exactly. that that 98 percent of the disease that we have is caused by epigenetics. Mm-hmm. And there's one and a half to two percent right. of people who just have bad genes, right? But it's and the expression still, of those genes, and you that, can still mitigate, yeah, some of the issues with the 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 bad kind of genetics. But right. it is it's all about the expression. But of how those. did the genes get bad to begin with, and why are they? behaving poorly. Right. right? So we're talking like another step, right? Deeper, deeper into the matrix. Yes. Let's go. (laughs) Well, and, and, uh, and again, I just, just another little teaser for later on, uh, with regards to COVID-19 and a lot of other things, but the, the magic bullet, as, as I know through working with you really helps um, it's been shown people through yeah, it's that. It's been shown to kill COVID in two minutes, like literally. Damn. Like you, you really, you know. And again, this substance that we're going to reveal later on—the big reveal—it's it, not, you know, it's it's it was the first drug ever approved by the FDA, literally. Wow, to kill malaria. Right? And you told me this when I was going to South Africa. You're like, yeah. dude, you're ready. You got the you got the magic stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. 
you know, it's interesting that was coming up as you were, as you were talking about um, melatonin and as it relates to a lot of the gut issues, I just watched that uh, documentary on the Eagles and Glenn Fry, like they don't talk about it in the documentary, but as I did some more research, he died from all these gut issues. Mm. And he, I just wonder like, fuck, like if, you know, if he had... Oh, I know. I think about that all the time with people that I really loved and respected and, and I see them like Robin Williams. You know, it's like, I, I just wish I was able to get a hold of people like this, you know, before it got so bad. That- and so, yeah, with someone like Robin Williams, like what, how would that have changed? Like what, and I know how he ended his life, but what was going on? Mm-hmm. What would, what would be some things that you think would have helped shift him into a better place? Well, I think him, like a lot of other, you know, you get very wealthy or very well-known celebrities, you know, they're going through what they consider to be the, the, the premier healthcare model, you know, and it, this is our healthcare model here in the United States, which is based on, you know, an FDA that, um, regulates the, 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 the medicines that we get and the stringent process that each molecule has to go through to become approved by the FDA for one indication takes about a billion dollars, right? So if you can imagine, I mean, you come from business, right? Yeah. Um, I have a decent business understanding, right? And so it's like, if I were to be looking at investing in a, a company, I would prefer a company that had a, had a disposable, you know, product, you know, like toilet paper, right? Something that people, they need to get constantly versus like a widget that they buy one and that's it. So you will have a spike in sales, you know, where people buy the product and then it's going to drastically drop. And then you're going to be kind of like on the low end for a while. Right. Yeah. So if I were to be in the business of making money and you put me in a pharmaceutical company, I would be looking at a variety of different uh, molecules. I would be considering the ones that would be um, needed to be taken over years versus something that's more curative. I wouldn't be as interested in the curative ones. I would shelf that because I know, hey, we take this one to market. You would These destroy that. Take. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's the, it, this is the business concept. And anybody that doesn't think that that's not relevant is completely delusional. Yeah. The pharmaceutical companies are there. I mean, let's just call it what it is. They're there to uh, create returns for their shareholders. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's that simple. Yeah. And it's, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's just the way it's set up. Mm-hmm. They're not incentivized to, as you said, right. be in the curative space. Yeah. So circling back to that. So this is the, mo- the model that we have where we have a lot of tools that are designed to keep people in a constant state of disease versus actually curing them. Right. And so many of the cures um, that I would consider, and we obviously have to be careful with the word cure, like the FDA doesn't even allow anything besides a pharmaceutical to be called a cure. Right. Um, but we're talking about things like melatonin, right? So this is not something anybody has a brand or an ownership of. So I'm fine to talk about that based on the research that, that melatonin has, but, um, you know, so this, this healthcare model that, 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 you know, a lot of these celebrities like Robin Williams got caught up in, you know, they don't have answers that are actually addressing the underlying problem. So when you start to get into these neurological conditions, you know, I actually, uh, an, another mutual friend, Lana Morrow, um, she had these, uh, these scientists come in from it, Italy, like just brilliant neuroscientists. 
and we were doing, um, I was actually doing some cranial work on Luke and, uh, and Allison, um, there at the alive and well right here. In oh Austin. yeah. Shout out to Michael Swale. Yeah. And so we had done the, and Lana was there and then these, these, these neuroscientists show up and we're having this deep conversation about, you know, these are deep researchers on like glial cells and like astrocytes and like, like deep, deep neurological stuff. Right. Which I, which I totally understand and I get, and I love the fact that I was able to engage in that type of conversation and, and, and learn and exchange ideas. But the, 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 the overwhelming, um, feeling that, that I had as well as these researchers had is that these neurological conditions really need to be addressed with multiple considerations, not one. There's not like, there's not like a monotherapy that's going to be the, the answer. And that's why the pharmaceutical industry has their hands tied because a lot of these things are like, the answers are like with the brain, you have to promote autophagy, right? So a lot of these degenerative neurological- Which is- and I know we'll go deeper into this with the, the fasting stuff later on, but. Yeah. So we have just like the sleep wake cycle, we have this, um, this gene expression based on mTOR, mammalian target of rapamycin. And it's basically a nutrient sensing system. So particularly the nutrient is amino acids uh, and the most powerful activator of this um, mTOR is leucine which is uh, the, the amino acid there. And so when we're feasting and we're eating, we, we, we switch into this phase of growth and repair, and, and repair, right? Cells are growing. And then when we're not eating, we're fasting, our body switches into something called mitophagy, which is more of a recycling, uh, cleaning phase. And what, what happens is that because food is so readily available, um, we're eating constantly. And so we're not getting and dipping into that other phase. It would be like somebody not sleeping, you know? So the same thing would happen is if like you need a certain amount of sleep every day, well, you need a certain amount of time where your body's cleaning and recycling every day. Otherwise you're just building new tissues constantly. And that's where you start to get a lot of these proteins in the brain that just constantly are being laid down. So you look for like um, a, a protein called alpha synuclein in Parkinson's or you have beta amyloid plaques in Alzheimer's and then tau protein builds up in a lot of our athletes and traumatic brain injury cases. You can't even see this stuff on MRI, right? These different plaques, but we know they're there. And they, they can only find out after they've died, right? When they do a, right. an autopsy or something on the brain. Right. And so these, these, these proteins monkey up the expression of the nervous system and it, it basically just destroys the nervous system. And so there's a normal way that we clear these proteins. And so two of the things that I think the listeners really want to pay attention to, one of which is the autophagy, right? Where your body's like breaking down um, old, weak, dead and dying cells and cellular components, because we talked about mitochondria and this is how we refresh our mitochondria. They, they call that mitophagy, which is a subset of autophagy. In Greek, autophagy means self-eating, okay? So you can imagine if you're constantly replenishing your mitochondria with new, fresh mitochondria, um, and you don't have mechanisms to trigger more like recycling, you're going to accumulate a lot more old mitochondria, which are going to be like old cars, spewing pollution, you know, inefficient and in converting the oxygen and glucose into energy where it's like a car that's hogging too much gas, right? So, 
So this is, this is what happens in the body. And so when you start to switch and, and, and expand that, that, um, that fasting window every day, or start to get into like, what I like to do with my, my patients is a 24 hour fast once a week, right. Where they go lunch to lunch, you know, and I think that's something that would be um, beneficial for anybody to do once a week. And then an extended three to five day fast once a month. And we'll usually start people off for three months and do that once, once a month. And so this autophagy is important, but then there's another component and it relates to melatonin is deep sleep is the primary activator of this cleansing process that it's like, it's like the computer defrags at night. Like you said it. So at night it's like kind of defragging. So the brain has the same mechanism. And deep sleep promotes something called the glymphatic system, right? So the glymphatic system is like the lymphatic system is to the body. The glymphatic system is to the brain where it's a gutter system that clears out these proteins. So a lot of people that aren't sleeping, particularly getting deep sleep, are not going to be cleaning these proteins out. So you have aspects of not recycling. You have aspects of not, not, not the brain not cleansing. And so these things are all dictated by things that, you know, pharmaceuticals aren't going to be the right answer for like fasting. You can't patent fasting. So who has the motivation to go and, and, and promote that like on commercials so that the public understands that, you know, so somebody like a Robin Williams, um, he didn't have access to a lot of these ideas, right? These are a lot of these concepts are actually, you know, I've been working with for probably 20 plus years, but they're becoming very, very popular right now. And the studies are actually coming out showing that they're incredibly important. And in animal models, when they, when they improve autophagy, the, the improvement with Parkinson's and a lot of these other degenerative neurologic diseases is profound. Well, that's a great segue into some of the protocols that I've been working with, with you uh, in particular. One of the first things that, that we talked about, because when I we actually met in person, which was by chance. We were at Alive and Well. We were both doing um, an IV, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about the contents of that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was coming off, and I'm not much of a drinker, but I was coming off a, a bit of a golf bender in mm-hmm. Florida mm-hmm. and felt like shit, looked like shit. We chatted for a little while, and then you you reached out to me and asked me how I was doing, and is there anything you could do to support me. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the first things we worked with was the fast track fasting. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love for you to just kind of unpack that protocol um, for everyone here. And, I, and I'd love within that, because I think you do a great job of giving people the options. What I love about it the most is the flexibility. Actually, that's not true. I do love the flexibility, but what I really loved is the extra support that is happening. Cause whenever I fasted before it's felt fuck just trying to get through it. The mindset for me has been really hard mm-hmm. and what you pair together with the fasting process with, you know, in, in, in most cases, this is suppositories has been, was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so just feeling that really the energetic support, mm-hmm. but I'd love for you to give people the, Hey, this is um, kind of your training wheels on and you can do it this way. If this, if it, if fasting just creates a lot of tension for you when you hear the word mm-hmm. and those who want to go just balls deep on it, like this is what that protocol looks like. The kind of almost like the two goalposts mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I created a, a program called Fast Track Fast. And the, the idea behind that was to accentuate the signaling of fasting, right? And improve the, the effect of what fasting gives us, which we'll, we've, we've touched on, but we'll kind of like try to break it down and make, make sense of it. And, um, and so allow for someone to do a shorter fast, but yet get the benefits of a longer fast, right? So, um, there's fasting is a stressor, right? So like if you were to compare that to doing like a triathlon or something like that, you know, if you can train into that fast, if you can basically build cellular energy, then you're able to increase what I call, or what is called the hormetic window, right? So we start to talk about hormesis, which is an adaptive response to a stress, whereas the body gets stronger right? Like exercise, we lift weights. It's a stressor to the muscle yet, you know, after we give it a, a break for a few days, we go back and the muscle's actually stronger and, and, and more resilient. And so that stressor, if it's within a certain window is beneficial, but it, you can, you can go past that window where you get into what I call the danger zone, or you can not exercise as much and you don't get the response, right? So it's like a certain window where you get that hormetic window. So when you fast, it's the same thing. So you're trying to dip into this hormetic window, but there's a ceiling to the top end of that hormetic window, whereas you can exceed that stressor and, you know, you're not, you're going to actually get a net, you know, like it's, it's actually bad for you. Right? Yeah. So it's that danger zone. So what if we could expand that and allow you to push into the stress zone more with fasting? And that's what the fast track fast does. So what are the signaling? So, well, first of all, so the, the training into it is what we were going to build up something called NAD and NAD is a rate limiting substance within the mitochondria. Um, and stresses of all kinds are going to have a negative effect on NAD, but primarily the use of drugs and alcohol and not getting enough sleep and then having birthdays. Those are the biggest headwinds to birthdays. NAD, having birthdays. Why is that? Because as we age, NAD declines. Oh, like literally, like chronologically, it just yeah. declines. Like, <laughs> I didn't know if there was something more psychological about actually having a birthday. Yeah. Which could be for some people, but okay, <laughs> got it, got it. Yeah. So, so they found supplementing with NAD really helps with the, the cellular energy component and the resilience to um, cells to stress. And so- we, we prime the body with NAD prior to the fast and that's the phase one. So there's three phases and then there's some optional upgrades. So the three phases, one is prior to the fast, we're going to build cellular energy with an NAD product called NAD max. And the, most of the products that we make, we don't really make anything that are in pills, you know, cause the absorption is very poor orally. And what is it generally? And what, 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 what are they, what have studies found? You take a pill, you're going to get 20% bioavailability. Well, like pretty virtually nothing, right? Um, a lot of polyphenols, you know, like what we use in the phase two, which we'll get into, but a lot of these plants, resveratrol, uh, green tea extract, um, physotin, sterile still bean, um, you know, a lot of these really amazing longevity polyphenols, very poor absorption, poor absorption orally. Got it. So we start looking at ways to like uh, liposomal where we encapsulate the nutrient or the molecule in like something that mimics the, that's similar to the makeup of the cell membrane. So it can actually carry it into the cell. 
Because ultimately, that's what you want. You want that nutrient in the cell. It's not doing you any good in your toilet bowl. Yeah, and what do you? What do you some of it's ended ended up mine for sure. What is the bioavailability, generally speaking, for liposomal products? It's it's generally um, multiple times higher than an oral. But like, let's let's talk about melatonin for a second. If you take melatonin orally, just by itself studies show it's two and a half percent absorbed. So we're also going to get into like some of these much higher dosing of melatonin than what's typically recommended. So just for people listening, you know, the, the typical dosing of melatonin might be three, four, five, max up to 10 milligrams. And we're having people take a hundred, 200, 400, even up to a gram. And, you know, these super high physiological dosing of melatonin is a big subject of my book. And we talk a lot about it. And, you know, we start to look at melatonin as something beyond sleep. Then we start to appreciate that, um, you know, we can take much higher doses of melatonin considering that, hey, yes, this might really dial in your sleep, but also look at all these other benefits to the body. So absorption of the melatonin being orally to uh, 2.5%, we start looking at like something like a suppository. And so I think we should kind of get into the, the safety aspects because uh, with melatonin, um, because there's a lot of uh, misconceptions, uh, you know, there's, there's no toxic level, like melatonin is not toxic at any dose. They literally have done studies where it would be like 150,000 milligrams for someone of our size. And basically stop the study. This is just no toxicity. When you start looking at the studies on cancer and degenerative neurologic disease and gut and uh, uh, skin, you know, like just on and on, cardiovascular disease, hormone issues, uh, mental emotional issues, you know, and melatonin. And the researchers at the end of these studies, um, over and over again, say there's no side effects here. We need to do further research. But guess what? Who's going to fund that? Who's going to spend a billion dollars on melatonin if they can't recoup their money? And they've tried to just change the molecule just a little bit. Yeah. It just doesn't do what melatonin does yeah. in, its, you know, in its, its natural state. So the absorption through a suppository makes a lot of sense. And for, for, for you to understand it, you have to understand something called peak plasma. So if I take a pill, even if it's a liposomal, you know, or I take an IV, that substance is available to the cell for a window. Okay, so let's, that, let's call it, let's use IV, for instance. NAD, I've done a ton of those. They're super uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, what does it look like for that peak plasma window? Well, it's, it's going to be about, you know, similar to while you're running the IV. Okay, so let's call it right. 45 minutes. Yeah, or hour, hour and a half, something mm -hmm. like that. So during that period of time, like, let's, let's compare it to soaking beans, black beans, right? If you soaked black beans for an hour, how, how hydrated are those black beans? Not so much, right? But mm -hmm. you soak them for multiple hours, it starts to get better and better. So the cells are the same way. They're like trying to pull it in. They have a certain rate that they can bring that in and then it's gone. Oh man, missed our window. We need more of that CoQ10 or whatever it is. And so by slow releasing something over hours, like say five, six, seven hours, you have a much higher uh, cellular absorption of that substance. So besides skipping the, 
the the challenges through the gut. So if I take something orally, my my stomach acid and my digestive enzymes are going to have a negative effect on that substance. Then it's going to do something called first pass through the liver. So the liver literally will take all these components apart and have to put them back together on the other side. Damn. And so there's not much that gets put back together. And that's why between the two of those, there's just not much left at the, at the other end of that for the cells to absorb. Whereas when you do something like a suppository, you, you're bypassing that and you have a slow bleed into the bloodstream over hours and hours. So the absorption is radically better. You know, it's almost like having an IV to go, right? So it's like you're getting this, um, like with, with NAD, you know, we formulated the NAD max to be comparable to an IV, you know? So the amount of NAD, you know, not only do we put NAD in there, but we put both precursors in a, in a large dose, you know, 500 milligrams of NAD. Okay. 250 milligrams of uh, a precursor called nicotinamide riboside, NR. And then there's another precursor that's being um, looked at and considered as being maybe the best route if you're going to, especially if you're going to take it orally, which is NMN. Yep. I have some of that. Nicotinamide mononucleotide. And so it has 250 milligrams of that. Oh, so you damn. have everything the in The triple there. crown. The triple crown. Yeah. And, and so you have that system that, you know, and, you know, a suppository is really no big deal. You know, for those listening to this, um, you know, you're kind of sitting there chuckling, ch- um, chuckling a little bit, thinking, ah, oh, sure. whatever. But it's like, it's like, it takes two seconds. You don't even know it's there. But the benefit that I found early on when I was really sick, um, I, I started to, I had a compounding pharmacy making um, um, glutathione suppositories. And I started using those. And it was the only thing that moved the needle for me. Like I woke up in the morning, I could function. It, it really decreased my inflammation. And, and we have some glutathione suppositories as well. They're called Glutamax. You know, we've got um, a variety of different um, um, milligrams of those available. And, and, and they're amazing, you know. And, and glutathione, we're not going to really probably have as much time to talk about that, but it's a fascinating molecule, very important for a lot of detoxification, viral immunity, sleep. Um, glutathione is actually one of the sleep promoting substances. So it's important for us to, uh, to, to be able to uh, fall asleep having, that's why we put some, a pretty large amount of glutathione in our Sandman product, you know, that you've been using. Yes. Yeah. And this happens often during my podcast, but I want to, I want to kind of bookend the, uh, we're on phase two. Mm-hmm of the, um, fast, fast track. track fast. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I want to, I want to land that for people. Yeah. Cause we got a shit ton to cover right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I told you this before we yeah. got on, like they're going to actually have to go and do a little of their own work here. Uh-huh. We can't give them everything. Cause if we do that, we're not going to get to the, the stuff that I said I was going to get to in the beginning. I want to try. I, you know, I, ha- I have an idea. Let's I hear an, it. I have an article that I did on the fast track fast. And let's put it in your show notes yes, so people can download it as a PDF and it, it'll deep dive 
and get into all this in, at a deeper level. But we're gonna we're gonna definitely do our best to try and get this to make sense for you. And, and you did a great job. It's a great resource. It's super easy to follow. Mm-hmm. Ton of information, but really easy with the options of mm-hmm. you want to be a hard ass about it, great, or if you want to you know chill out and just have a, a you know ten hour eating. Like it's all good. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. that's what I love about yeah. it is the flexibility. And I think a lot of people listening are like, okay, like I can, I can get with this. Right. But I want to, I want to, I definitely want to hammer home that the, the support, the energetic support that you offer during this is something that is, was first time for me to experience that. Mm-hmm. And I think that is crucial, not only from a practical standpoint that you actually have more energy, mm-hmm. but also psychologically, you're like, okay, like I'm, supposed to have more energy. So there's that belief mm-hmm. that it's happening. And you and I both know that, that the placebo, it's so important. Yeah. Well, the placebo is a real effect. That's right. You know, if, if we believe something to be so there's, there's actually changes that happen, right? There's, there's physical changes. And so they've been able to document this, you know, in, in many different studies. Um, but, uh, but, but I, you know, it, it's, it's not that it hinges and you have to have that woo factor where you're like, you know, oh, there is no weeds, there is no weeds and there's no weed. Well, there, there's weeds there. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, but uh, to your point, um, when you have a structure and you're getting some more faith and confidence in a system, you know, you're going to start to lean into that parasympathetic nervous system, right. Versus that, you know, th- this is the heart. You know, parasympathetic is like you're dropping into your heart space, right? That, that connected space, right? And so when we're in that, that space and we're grateful, we attract some beautiful things to our life, but we're, we're in our head, right? And we're trying to be a doer instead of a beer, you know, these are, this is what gets people into trouble, you know, and off track. Yeah. And, And I think that's, that's really at the essence of that point that you're making with, having a structure and a belief system and being able to drop into some confidence. Yeah. It's like having enough structure within it, but then to leave that structure and just be with it. Mm -hmm. I think that's the important piece. And I think a lot of times just with my own experience with something like fasting, there's so much rigidity within it that it creates a psychological stressor. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes something that I'm not looking forward right. to. And Am I doing, doing it right? And, da, 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 like, and all no. this bullshit yeah. versus when I, when I've done it with you, uh-huh. it's like, oh, I mean, I worked out, which yeah. I generally don't. Uh-huh. And I, I just, I had a completely different experience with it and, and it got me excited. Now I haven't, you know, I did it right before I went to South Africa. I just got home from South Africa. So this week is when I'm getting back uh-huh. on the program, but yeah. And also keep, it just, it keep like, what are, what are my personal goals is to optimize my health. And so this is a, a really, what I would say a really easy way to do something that in the research that, that I've read and my own personal experience around intermittent fasting, fasting and the like, it's huge benefits. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to go into that, actually excited about it because it's not going to dampen the rest of my, mm-hmm. my life during that period. Yeah. It's like, whoa, let's go. Yeah. So anyway. Well, there's real science behind this, this process, you know? And so we have this cleaning mechanism that we want to dive into with fasting. When you're fasting, you're, you're depriving your body of nutrients 
And so then the body starts to suppress mTOR and we start to uh, do some magic. We start to clean up a lot of debris and weak. It's like, it's like if you had a city and you had a bunch of old cars in the city, right? And they're producing a lot of extra smog and the gas stations are running out of gas because like these, all these cars are not very efficient. And then if you could go out there and say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to replace all those cars with like electric and like modern cars, like the, the city's going to be cleaner. The air quality is going to be better and the city's going to, going to consume less fuel. So there's going to be a lot more excess fuel. Right. And it's the same thing that happens with the body is we have these accumulated old cars. Now there's something called a senescent cell that I think people should really understand. And senescent cells are, so we have a mechanism where we detect old cells that start to become problematic. So a cell's lifestyle, life, life cycle gets to a certain point at the end where it's really ready to be recycled. It's like an, a really old car, right? And when it gets to that point, the cell can go into a permanent state of basically sleep that they call senescence, cellular senescence, right? And this is just something that happens all the time. And you're not going to avoid that. But um, cellular senescence is, is something that um, is linked to aging and a lot of diseases because people accumulate a lot more of these, what they call zombie cells, right? These senescent cells are like zombie cells and they spew all this oxidation, which is super pro-inflammatory. Pro, pro so they've actually done studies where they've been able to tease out um, lots of senescent cells versus no, not in the, the lifespan of these animal models was drastically improved and disease just disappeared. They could make disease appear and disappear just by simply increasing senescent cell and decreasing senescent cells. So this mechanism of isolating these old uh, cars yeah. on the highway um, becomes problematic. And so when you fast, you're raising that awareness, right? And then there's certain substances that are considered senolytics, like lytic meaning it's like, it's like kind of killing it, right? So senolytics, one of my most um, favorite plant polyphenols in the world is physotin, right? It comes from strawberries. And then from blueberries or something called sterile still beans. And the research on these two polyphenols is fascinating as far as like cleaning up these senescent cells. So what we do is we stack fasting along with taking these powerful plant polyphenols that, that further promote this autophagy and mitophagy and this cellular cleaning and basically cleaning out these senescent cells. And so when, it, when, when they grab the senescent cells, what, what's, walk me through like what happens to them? Like physically, where do they go? They get, they get recycled into... Like how does it well, work? So cells, um, they 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 create like a, it's a liposome, right? So the basically you'll have cells that'll go to that senescent cell and basically kind of inject like a hydrogen peroxide to kill it, and then it then it absorbs that cell and digests it, right? Like it's like a digestive process in these liposomes that break it down, and then those building blocks and proteins and and such are then used as building blocks to make new cells and tissues. And this is constantly going on in your body. Your body is constantly replacing itself with new cells and tissues. So can you imagine that you're just building and you're never breaking down and taking down some of the old weak stuff? You know, it'd be like, an, you know, a city, right? Where you got a bunch of old buildings yep. 
they're not being maintained. And like some of these buildings start to crumble and fall apart. Well, this is what starts to happen when you're not recognizing that some of these buildings need to be like, you know, a city comes in and says, Hey, you know, you're kind of breaking the ordinance. We need to break, tear this building down and build a new one. Well, this, this, this is the, this is the real problem. And that's why people want to fast. And this is the true nature of, of us as, as, you know, in our primitive state hunting, we would kill a big animal and we would feast, right? We'd be eating this animal. We'd have tons of food and we would just gorge ourselves over a couple of days, right? Or a week or something like that. And then we wouldn't have any food sometimes for months. And you know, the longest documented fast was a year when the, the man was 400 pounds and all they gave him, this is medical supervised, right? All they gave him was a multivitamin once a day. You which heard probably you wasn't heard this before. Which probably wasn't even bioavailable. Right. <laughs> you no. didn't give him a suppository. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So so this guy lost a lot of weight. He was four hundred pounds when they started the study, and then he was like one hundred and seventy or one hundred and eighty at the end, and he was totally healthy. A year, the guy didn't eat. So what was he living on? He was living on his own fat, right? So for people that want to lose weight, just think about if. The con- if the body is constantly getting nutrients, then it's not going to be, it's going to want to store it, right? Because you're like in a, oh, let me, let me just keep storing this energy, right? But then, then there's like, okay, well, there's no more food available. Let's use our reserves and clear it out. So like even diabetes now, they're looking at diabetes and they're saying, well, um, it's, it's a situation where the cell is so full of sugar that it just can't they can't store it anymore. And so that's where you start to get this excess sugar, you know, floating around the bloodstream, which is very, sugar is very destructive. It's like acid. Like you, you want to get that out of there because it causes a lot of problems. And so we start to have a challenge with diabetes of removing the sugar from the blood, storing it, you know, mostly in the fat, Mm -hmm. right. Uh, in the muscle. And so, um, so the, the, it's like we're just cramming too many sugars into these cells and the cells just say, enough, I can't do it anymore, right? So when you fast, the body will pull those sugars out of the cell and um, they're actually doing studies on fasting and finding that um, they're able to reverse and completely cure diabetes. And in some cases within like 10 days, they're able to get people off of insulin that have been on insulin for 20 plus years with fasting. Dude, that that's again, more reason, especially if you're in that category, like this protocol, as I said, is really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, phase one is, is making sure you have enough energy and supporting you in that, mm-hmm. that piece. Phase two is, would you say it's accelerating the autophagy and helping, um, I guess, that process? And is then in phase three, uh, what you're talking about now with the senescent cells and recycling well, them? or well, how does... that's still phase two. So okay. recycling the senescent cells is part of the fasting, right? Okay. So we're cleaning things up and we're, recy- we're not recycling them yet. We're just breaking. It's a breakdown, Right. So it'd be like you were remodeling your ki- your kitchen or your bathroom. You're tearing tile out. You know you're gutting it. This is the process of while you're fasting. Everything's getting gutted and cleaned out. 
and it's getting then, thrown into the system. Yeah. Then you go and take some of the, if you can imagine you pull those tiles out, but then you can have somebody like break them down and make new tiles with them. Oh yeah. Then you come in and you're going to put all these new tiles up, maybe much better than they were before. Right. And so that's the process where we start to feed and they're finding this to be, um, so important. So if, if, if an individual is looking to have the, the, the full benefit of a fasting cycle, they really need to pay very close attention to the feeding part after the fast, just as much as the fast itself, mm. just as important. And so you want to actually accentuate that um, mTOR, you know, this is an interesting story. So, you know, mTOR, mammalian target of rapamycin, right? Rapamycin is a a substance that is produced by this bacteria and on rabbit island right easter island not rabbit i'm sorry i'm thinking of hawaii right yeah, it's yeah, like, it's yeah. Like, there's a rabbit island i don't know why i just said that well this was fascinating when i was watching this the other day but get, i yeah. love this story so so easter rapanui right rapamycin rapanui island and so they were that's able- where that's easter island's official name yeah right mm-hmm. yeah and so um, they were able to, to isolate this in the soil and it's produced by uh, a mold or a, a fungus or something like that. And it was the first substance ever documented to extend life. And uh, I believe that they were looking at it with something called C. elegans, which have a very short uh, lifespan. So they can, they can really see like dramatic changes in the, the longevity of these organisms you know, and, and they look at um, rodents a lot with that too, because rodents typically have a very predictable lifespan. So any type of modifications uh, that they can do with them, they can, they can start to notice if things extend life or shorten life or promote disease. And so they were looking at this um, rapamycin and it extended, I think it was 30, 40%. I mean, it was, it was, it was notable. And then they found out, well, it's, it's actually um, stimulating this nutrient sensor, uh, process, which it's also considered something called calorie restriction, right? So, you know, and that's a big thing. I don't know if you remember, but there was a lot of these people kind of doing this like super hardcore calorie restriction diet to try and extend their life. And a lot of these people kind of bailed on that because they were like emaciated and like, you know, it wasn't a lot of fun, but the point being is that they were I think going too far back to your point earlier, too much autophagy, Mm -hmm. right? So it's all about balance. Um, A good friend of mine, um, Ben Azadi, he wrote a book called Keto Flex, which I would recommend. It's a great book, but the, 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 the take home is that it's all about very varying things. Like don't just think that you're going to be, you're going to do ketosis all the time. Don't think you're going to fast all the time. Don't think you're going to feed all the time. Don't think you're going to stay up all the time. You're not going to sleep all the time. You know, these things need to be varied and they need to go through cycles. And, 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 and all of it breaks down to these signaling factors, these stressor signaling factors and hormesis. Like all of these tie in very, very nicely at a core level. And it's a dance, you know? And so one of, one of the beautiful things that we get to do as, as humans navigating this life is we get to experiment with these things and maybe stand on the shoulders of a lot of the science that's coming out um, and, and be able to benefit from that and refine what processes serve us to be the most efficient in, in, in the sense that we're able to enjoy life and 
you know, ultimately serve others, right. You know, and come from the heart and, and, and come from a place of connectedness and, and love. Right. I mean, this is where we want to be ultimately, hopefully. And, and that comes from a vital body, right? So, you know, I have this, I have this idea of ultimate health and vitality and have I told you about the three pillars? Maybe, but refresh, <laughs> refresh my memory. All right. All right. This is going to get a little deep though. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, we don't go deep on this podcast. You no. have to say that for somewhere else. Okay. All right. Well, you're, you're like, we drop it, brother. Come on. So, so this is the, the three-legged stool or the three pillars. So the, one of the pillars, now this is really taking it to the ultimate for someone to become like their most amazing vital self ever. Oh, so you're not just a doctor who prescribes pills to people. Okay, no, got it. Just no. clear. Got it. So, so number one, we're covered. This, this whole talk is really talking about one of the pillars, which is the vitality of the body, you know? And so that, that conversation is chemical and it's, and it's structural, right? And so there's, there's aspects of our body to express its ultimate, ultimate health and vitality that can be dictated by structure, you know, like if your neck is out or if your shoulders out, or if like, you know, I'm big with the cranium and, you know, I've discovered that, you know, the, the cranium has this deep connective tissue layer, you know, around the, the brain and spinal cord, they call it the dura mater, mm. which means tough mother in Latin. Oh, right? And it's got, the stuff has 2000 pounds per square inch of tensile strength. And so, um, this complex system, um, creates a situation where, um, we have a collapse of the cranial cranial structure. And this has been well-documented, particularly by Weston Price and Weston Price is, is, uh, attributed as the father of the raw food movement. You know, he's fascinating work, but he traveled all over the world and he was able to see that Aborigines have these wide palates and wide skulls. And then that people that when they started to live in these stressful environments, and I say stressful in the sense that there's probably a lot of like mental, emotional stresses, but there's also, um, chemical stress, stresses with toxins and so forth that are hard to avoid in cities and, you know, populated areas. And there's the, the idea of nutritional uh, stress, right? So, um, Pottinger followed up Weston Price's studies with uh, a study of his own where he took cats and he took one group of cats where he fed them raw milk and raw meat. And the other group of cats, he felt he fed um, cooked meat and homogenized milk. And the results were fascinating. The, the, the cats that ate the, the cooked uh, and homogenized all developed all of the typical diseases of modern, you know, society, you know, the, and their facial bones collapsed in their teeth were crowded oh. where the cats that, that, that didn't and had the raw, their faces and their palates were still wide. They had no dental caries. They didn't develop, you know, they lived longer, you know, they didn't have osteoporosis, like they were super healthy. Right. And so that's where they start to get into all of these different factors that might relate to inflammation and inflammation shows up in the sinuses, right? And, and it causes us not to be able to breathe very well. Mm-hmm. And so then we become mouth breathers. And when we're mouth breathers, the tongue's not there to hold the palate open. And so then the maxillary bones, which make up your cheekbones, collapse in. 
And so then this causes these adhesions to this dura mater, this tough mother complex. And this disrupts the ability of cerebral spinal fluid to properly circle or uh, circulate around the brain and spinal cord. But then you also have the CSF that terminates in an area in the brain called the third ventricle. And right behind that's the pineal gland. And the pineal gland is the gland, right? If you're interested in consciousness and spiritual evolution and connecting with source, you want to pay particular attention to this pineal gland because when it's activated by certain patterns of, of, of pressure through that cerebral spinal fluid, now there's a movement pattern that the cranium makes and that movement pattern changes pressures in these ventricles that are lined around your brain. And that pressure stimulates something called the choroid plexuses to literally produce cerebral spinal fluid. So the flexibility and the movement of the skull is incredibly important for not only the production of CSF, but the movement of it throughout your, your brain and spinal cord. It delivers nutrients, but it also acts as a pressure to the pineal. And the pineal has all these crystals in it. And when you put pressure on a crystal, just like a lot of our watches are powered by this piezoelectric effect that's, that's created where they'll, they'll put pressure on a crystal, you know, like the crystals that we're wearing today, mm -hmm. you know, if you put pressure on it, you squeeze that there's actually electricity being produced in that crystal based on the pressure and that's called the piezoelectric effect. And that happens within the pineal gland. And when that happens, it turns the pineal into a radio receiver. And this is where you can perceive sensory input outside of your sensory organs. It's not something you see, hear, smell, taste, feel. It's, it's, you know, like that's not how you sense love, connection, oneness. This is through this radio receiver where we're able to actually experience something beyond this 3D world. Right? Mm. And so how important is that to be able to um, improve that, that particular structure and that function. And so, um, we got a little bit off the rabbit hole cause we're, we're talking about the three pillars and this, so we're, we're kind of talking about the vitality of the body. So there's all these structural aspects that might be important, but then there's, you know, lifestyle. And, and I know you talk a lot about this in your show. Sure. Um, so the second pillar would be this, this one's a little bit more complicated, you know, in the sense that, um, a lot of people talk about this, but there are very few solutions, right? So we experience our world and our reality based on uh, filters. So like, for instance, if I was young and my father yelled at me, right? And then I just got this idea in my head and this belief system that when I'm yelled at, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not loved, right? And so then this imprints on us. And every time we hear screaming or yelling, it's resonating those brain cells and it's bringing back that memory that I'm not good enough. Right. So this is a filter. That's all it is. It's just a filter. Mm -hmm. And so what happens And a friend of mine, Michael Rice, uh, very actually is just a teacher. Um, Michael Rice started to, um, teach still point breathing like 40 years ago. And he developed this still point breathing way before Wim Hof, you know, and it, it's very similar. It's this like circulated breath. I mean, it's, it's a little bit more complicated. If people are interested in some of this, they can go to whyagain.org and look at, at Michael Rice's work and some of the, so it's a forgiveness process. So 
Um, he studied the Aramaic Bible, which is the original scripture that Jesus wrote, right? That was written during his life. And Yeshua is Jesus's real name in Aramaic. And so this Bible was practically destroyed all except one version of it that they found. And it's not like the Bible. You know, it, the Bible has been changed drastically from its original scripture. <laughs> like, right? That might surprise some people on here. <laughs> it, it's true, but let me give you an example. Like Sorry if, the if, word, if that if that didn't, if that was triggering. Yeah, well. But it's good to know so all this sin. stuff. So sin, what's the true meaning of sin in Aramaic? It's an archery term. So an individual will be sitting next to a, a target. And if, if an individual shot at the target and missed the target, they would yell sin. It means you missed the target. Try another shot. It doesn't mean you're a terrible person. You're going to burn in hell, right? So there's a lot of concepts that would favor kings and, you know, politicians and people that are trying to keep control over populations. Um, and, you know, unfortunately that's the reality, you know, I mean, we can sit here and contemplate a lot of these things, but we, we don't want to get caught up in, in, in these things because it's truth, right? I mean, this is really what's happening. You know, just open your eyes and look at what's happening today. And today. It's, a, it's a parody of, of how the Bible was changed in order for that message to um, provide um, more, more control through the church, right? You have to come to me on Sunday. I'm going to give you some, 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 uh, some bread and some wine, and then you're good to go. Like, come, like. Don't forget to put a little right. something in the offering. So yeah, and then I'm going to tell out. you your experience of God. Uh huh. That's right? right. You're going to learn that through me. And you have to keep coming back, right? It's the so what of the Jesus, plants, right? What did Jesus say? He said, "I'd rather teach you to fish than give you fish." You know, so you you have to think about that in terms of any type of um, spiritual practice that you're looking at. It's like it's an internal job, in my opinion. But um, back to Michael Rice. So he he realized that through his studies through the Aramaic Bible, he was able to discover that what Jesus was really here teaching was something called forgiveness, which isn't, I'm going to let you off the hook. Okay. You did something to me, right? You took something from me or whatever it is. And that made me angry. And you made me angry because you did that to me, right? Well, wait a minute. Like I have hostility within me that's resonating based on that event. You didn't make me have hostility. I had hostility because that's within me. So the filter that I have is the issue, not you. It's so you're projecting on other people and situations um, that they're they're causing you to be or feel a certain way. And so what Michael discovered is that it's it's these goals that we have. So we have goals, you know, all kinds of goals for things to be a certain way. And so those goals, expectations, yeah, yeah, right. And those goals are what are what's driving this whole system. So the goal, if if you were to have a goal that people never took anything from you, well, you know that's not probably how life is going to unfold for you, right? But if you if you cancel that goal, and that's what Michael teaches, is that you cancel the goal that's driving that belief system, and you actually drop into what what the true nature of that and where it's originating from and forgive that inside of you. That's, that's what he's, he's here teaching. And it's like his, his work is, 
similar to the work that I feel like I'm doing with metabolic medicine, where you were going to the very core, right? It's like Michael's been able to pierce right to the core of mental, emotional, uh, you know, challenges and the, uh, what I call the filters, right? And so his work, I think, is, is just groundbreaking for anybody that's d- interested in integration, you know, after plant medicine or just people in general that are looking to be better, better human beings where they're starting to change. You know, it's all about being um, non-attached. Now, Buddhism talks about a, a non-attachment, right? And, and so we judge right, wrong, good, bad versus just like observe life and let it unfold. Yeah, that's what came up for me when you were actually saying that. It's like just being in that state of acceptance. You know, mm-hmm. I mentioned expectation, but like when we have an expectation, we're putting something out there. And so when something doesn't meet that expectation, what happens? We get in a state of um, suffering. There it is. Yes. We hit, we, right? Which is a very mm-hmm. Buddhist thing. Like yeah. we, we're creating our, and we, mm-hmm. we are creating it. Not you because something right. you did, I felt wronged yeah. me. Right. It's like, what happened? Well, you stole some money from me. Yeah. You shouldn't have stole money, but you did. Yeah. So the money has been stolen. Right. You know, we You're get into up control. tension when we say you shouldn't have, but you did. It's, it's happened. Yes. And so we can just it's be, reality. With, if we can be with what is yes. we're in that state of acceptance and we're no longer, doesn't mean I need to be happy that you did that. Mm-hmm. Or that it was okay for you to do that, but the fact of the matter is, is, this is what happened. Well, you can react in a non-reactive way, recognizing it and acting accordingly, but there, you don't have to carry all the emotional baggage into that, you know. And it's non-attachment, right? It's uh, it, it, and so this is this is really relating back to our whole conversation with the sympathetics and the parasympathetics. So when things don't go our way. Right? It causes stress and that raises cortisol. That's going to be supporting more of a sympathetic situation. And I, t- I can tell you this, um, I, I see a lot of patients and have, you know, I've been practicing for 30 years almost. And, you know, the, the, the consequence of dominant sympathetics is present in almost all of my patients. So this component is partly driven by what we're talking about right now. So for someone to think that this conversation isn't important for healing a gut problem or a degenerative neurologic problem or a, a twisted ankle, even like they're delusional, like it all matters. It's all important. Yeah. And I, you know, just speaking for, you know, for, from my case, you know, over the years I've had a, a lot of different kind of cortisol testing and mine was, was, you know, very high on the sympathetic. And Mm -hmm. I think over time that has, um, gotten more into balance. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, necessarily where I would like to be with that, but Mm -hmm. I know that to your point, there's been a big part of my healing is getting that back into that range that is manageable. Mm -hmm. And these other things can start to happen because now my body can work with me. It's not the interference in there. Mm-hmm. stopping it, you know, when it is trying to do its work. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd like to clean something up because I'm, I'm here reflecting on the fact that I said you're delusional, right? And I don't want to offend people, <laughs> but, but, you know, that probably came across a bit, a bit arrogant and cocky, but like, you know, um, this might be new material for people, you know, just looking at it from a different perspective and, you know, and I apologize if that statement, you know, came across 
in a certain way, but, but I, I just want to be allowing people to see this from a different perspective, you know? And, and again, I apologize if that, the way I said that. You know was, what? I appreciate that. I didn't pick it up that way, but, yeah. but that's me and I know you. So maybe I was just giving you a hall pass. So. Yeah, well, we have lots of people that probably don't, don't, well, they're getting to know me, but that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. So let's, let's, we've got the three pillars. Mm-hmm. So the third pillar yes. is a direct experience of God. Uh, and that's what I think medicines do the best mm-hmm. for. And, uh, and so it's, you know, it's, it's this, it's this like profound mystical experience that, you know, the first experience I had, um, when I was, uh, uh, so lucky to be dropped into a, a, a beautiful medicine journey by a very trained individual, you know, and a, a, a set and setting. I mean, this isn't something that you just go and do with anybody or any, you know, any situation. It's very, you want to be very picky and choosy as far as like, you know, the, the, the individuals and the, the systems that you're using, the medicines that you're using. But for me, um, it's like, I, I, I like, I got and fully understood what all the religions were talking about. You know, it was like, oh, that's what it is. And just, you can't describe it. It's just like you, you get it at such a deep level. Yeah. It's a deep knowing you can't, it's yeah. It, they, they, I've often talked about those experiences as being ineffable. You can't explain. And I think that's a lot of times it is just better left unsaid, but you leave with a, a great knowing mm-hmm. about what that is. And yeah. it really loses like, as you try to fucking spit it out and it's like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't land at all, but you know, and that's okay. It doesn't mean you don't know mm-hmm. now, you know, and I, I agree. I think that's a important part of this whole thing is getting outside of a, on, on some level getting outside of yourself, mm-hmm. but also coming into the unity of, you know, that relationship to God and to others and to all mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. Again, you can read about it all you want. You can think you know about it, mm-hmm. but until you have that experience, and I think for a lot of us, it is through um, plant medicine work. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you pointed out the importance of the right set and setting and the proper guide and the energetics and what medicines you're using. And mm-hmm. only, you know, don't go because we're telling you it was a great experience for us, but like you'll know if and when it's time for you to do it and really just trust your, your intuition mm-hmm. on that. And don't, don't rush to that, mm-hmm. that place. Cause that can make it really challenging. You know, yeah. I've had some challenging experiences and there's definitely a lot to be learned in those, but. Well, you know, I would say too, um, like we had talked about Michael Rice and the work he's doing with like the still point breathing, you know, he, there's ways to get um, into those states without medicines. You know, and we're actually working, I'm actually training, um, under someone that is, in my opinion, a, an awake, enlightened individual. And, you know, this man is, is just, just profoundly changed my life. And, um, and he's able to, uh, create states without any medicines, just by putting his hands on, on you. And you go in and you, and you appreciate this, this oneness, this love, you know, and just this understanding that, you know, we're, we're these eternal, you know, light beings. Right. And I, it's starting to get, probably sound a That's little fair. bit. No, we've talked about that before. Yeah, so yeah, there should, we go. They should be somewhat adapted. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, so, so we're, we're kind of working towards, um, even refining this a bit and, 
and and being able to create experiences for people without without medicines at all. We're not we're not there yet in my clinic, you know. So I have a regenerative clinic in Sarasota, Florida. It's called Advanced Rejuvenation, and we do um, just a variety of different types of treatments out of that office. It's it's uh, you know we just actually moved into a fifteen thousand square foot building. And we have 5,000 square feet of clinical space and, um, and we're going to be building, uh, so the clinic's ready. We moved in like just a couple of weeks ago and it's like totally cutting edge. It's just amazing. I can't believe it. I show up at work and it's like, this just magical place that we've created. And, and then, um, next door we have a warehouse where we're building out apartments for people to stay and we have an event center. And, uh, and, and so this is going to be, uh, uh, you know, eventually a situation where we're going to, in not too distant future, um, be able to facilitate some, some groups coming in. We do ketamine right now, Perfect. right? And so, um, we're working on these three pillars, you know, to create this, uh, this experience for people. And, um, and so right now we have ketamine available that that's one of the legal, you know, uh, psychedelics, but then, you know, MDMA and, and psilocybin are, are like, you know, kind of at the, at the tail end of research. So they should be available to us soon. And we're ready to start integrating those into our, into our system as well. Oh, perfect, dude. I love that. And, and, um, I definitely, at the end, I want to make sure we make time to drop in all the, the, the ways that everybody can get in touch with you. But before we get there, I want to, um, a, be mindful of time. So we're going to have to maybe tighten up the little pieces here, but I want to start to talk about more about some of the protocols that I've been working with. Like okay. number one, glutostat nose spray. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. So the, the nasal mucosa, right? The lining of the, the, the nasal passage in the sinus, um, it, when stuff starts to grow in there, it starts to produce something called a biofilm, which is like this really sticky protein. And so it acts like flypaper for stuff that's in the air, right? So a lot of people without proper sinus hygiene um, will have a lot of this sticky biofilm in their, in their nasal passage. And so if they're like in a moldy house, it's amplified because all of that particulate in the air is getting stuck in the sinuses and then it acts as a carrier to carry it, not just into the bloodstream, but like it's a direct connection to the brain. So anything going on in the nasal passage and the sinuses um, really has a very detrimental effect, not only on the gut, because you can seed the gut with a lot of bad stuff from the sinuses, but you can also outgas into the brain quite a bit. And so I found um, early on that doing a sinus uh, hygiene protocol, I usually do like a 30-day protocol that's more intensive and then a maintenance program. And so I... I, I, um, I created glutostat, um, as a, as a need when I was, uh, doing medical crew for Tony Robbins and I caught this flu and people were getting this flu and they were down and out for a long, long time. And so a lot of these things start in the sinuses, right. And then kind of go back to the throat and then eventually like it seeds into your whole body and you're sick. So if you can get it early and you can start to actually get that. And so I was nebulizing this, this, and we, we have a dropper bottle that we'll have patients put into a nebulizer. So we have two forms of the glutostat. One's a nasal spray and the other one, um, you know, 
can be put into a nebulizer. So I started nebulizing this and I created this formula. And literally the next day I, I had no, I wasn't sick at all. I'm like, man, I'm onto something with this. And so this was probably, you know, 2000, I want to say 11. And so we launched, um, our store that way back then. And the, the two products that we had were Glutostat and Glutamax, glutathione suppositories. And this was the early beginnings Damn. of what is now Mitozen. Which is another uh, place for people to work with Dr. John. But I've loved Glutostat. And you said uh, when all is good, it's a couple sprays per nostril, a couple times a day. Mm-hmm. And then when you're feeling something or if you've been maybe uh, come into contact with something that feels like maybe someone was sick or you can hit it much more often than that. Yeah. I had a really good experience this morning with Glutostat. I, uh, you know, I went, um, our, our mutual friend, well, now he's a mutual friend, Doyle Bramhall, right? Yeah. That's one of the reasons I'm in town. He's in concert with a reunion with the Archangels. We got a chance to go watch them rehearse last night. With Chris Robinson from the Black Crows and it was fucking awesome. It was epic. Yeah, it was really cool. And so we're like, you know, we're like, at one point you and I were the only ones like out in front of the stage. You remember that? Yeah. And we're taking pictures. Yeah. Yeah. No I felt else. a little goofy. I'm like, is it okay that we're out here? And I'm like- well, They were playing to us. I know, it was so, brother. so it was- weird. <laughs> Yeah, how epic! We, you know, we should post a picture. Um, we'll 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 get permission. I think we should we should check with the, the 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 tour manager and the band. But if we can, we should post like a little bit of footage of that because it was that cool. That was special. Yeah, but you had some glutostat. Oh, so then so I don't know the air quality last night. You know, and Doyle and I went you know to uh, to a restaurant and the air quality was and so I woke up and I was congested. And so I sprayed some glutostat and it just completely opened me up. You know, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it really helped me like when I was traveling to South Africa, like I was hitting that thing quite a bit on the flight there. And the two buddies I was traveling with were, were way down for it. So uh-huh. that was pretty cool too. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a, it's got a kick to it too. So it's like, you know, you know, you're putting something up in your nose that's doing you some good. Cause it, it's not, it's not a heavy burn, but there's like this, you know, cause there is oregano, sage, clove leaf, I'm sorry, clove, bay leaf. Um, there's some terpenes in there, some antimicrobial terpenes from plants. There's, um, NAC, which is really healthy for this, for the, um, mucosa and the sinuses. Um, and then there's glutathione. So yeah, it's, it's, it's all of that packed into one product. Yeah. And it's just, an, it's got like enough pep where it isn't uncomfortable. It feels really good when you, yeah. when you hit it. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk about uh, the Sandman products mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I know we've talked about melatonin a fair amount, so we can maybe tie it all in together, but mm-hmm. that's something again, that especially when I was traveling over to South Africa to be able to have, you know, the high dose well, melatonin. Well, super Sandman, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah. So, um, I'll usually start people on just the regular sand. So the regular Sandman has 200 milligrams of melatonin. And it comes in a suppository and also comes in a liposomal. I had the liposomal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. So, so, um, the suppository can be broken and, you know, it can be cut in half and whatnot, but it's, it's 425 milligrams of, glu- of uh, melatonin. So it's, it's over twice as much. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's something that you want to work up to. So, 
we're, we kind of uh, talked a little bit about, you know, it's not toxic. It doesn't, um, uh, it doesn't shut down your own production either. You know, and this is Interesting. a concern a lot of people might yeah. have. It's like, oh, if I'm going to take melatonin or especially those high doses, like, is it going to affect my brain's ability to make its own? And so we have a negative feedback loop for most hormones like testosterone, right? Um, but there's not that with melatonin, which is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, you can take grams and grams of melatonin and, the, you know, and I've, I've done this where, you know, I've gone through long stents of taking hundreds of milligrams a night, you know, and, and then not taking any at all, like for multiple days. And I honestly, I don't really notice a big difference at this point. You know, I mean, I, I, I really like to, uh, regularly take a high dose of melatonin just because I believe in it. And I see the top researcher, um, Russell Ryder, right. And he's a, he's a colleague of mine and we, we do a lot of back and forth, you know, through the process of writing this book, I had a lot of questions over the time and he's really, really excited that I put this book out. He put his own book out, but this is a, a bit of a different type of format because not only do we bring in the research, but I'm also bringing in my experience as a, as a naturopath, you know, and as a functional chiropractic neurologist, where I'm giving people real strategies in different situations that I would use in the clinic in conjunction with melatonin. And so it offers a unique perspective. And we try to kind of tie a lot of that up in the conclusion of each chapter. If it's like liver, you know, we kind of get into some, you know, naturopathic options with liver detox and how to you know, consider melatonin as part of that program or gut, you know, we talk about different fasting techniques or allergy elimination processes. So it's really nice in that sense where it gives people a lot of very contemporary ideas based on current research, um, which no other book really does. I mean, I, although Russell Ryder's book is fantastic and I love it, it's a real, it's, it's a very sciencey book and, um, uh, you know, it, 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 it's good that way. So anyway, back to Russell, he's, he's the guy actually in the 1960s, he was the guy that actually first uh, through his research um, was able to document that the pineal was more than just a worthless gland. Science really didn't appreciate the pineal until Russell came out and actually showed, Hey, this is producing melatonin and the circadian rhythm, blah, blah, blah. So then he went on to, um, you know, to, to paper, uh, he was on, he's on a lot of studies, you know, probably one of the most, the most researched physician with regard, he's a PhD and an MD. So he's really big researcher and he takes a hundred milligrams every night. So if the smartest person on the planet with melatonin is up in the hundreds of milligrams. So, uh, and, and, and then he's been working with people where he takes them up to even a gram, which we do as well. And, and so, you know, there's so many, uh, this is really interesting on melatonin. If you go and you Google melatonin, right? So pick up the computer, Google melatonin and look at WebMD. They're going to start to break down all these side effects. Like you could get headaches, you could have insomnia, you could have um, grogginess, depression. They go through all these. Well, get, they're referencing a study to come up with those conclusions. What they don't tell you is that that study that they're referencing, it's the exact same in the placebo arm. Oh, the side no effects were shit. identical. So it's, 
So it's really not a true representation to say, hey, these are, be careful, take melatonin, you're going to have these side effects. Well, based on what? Like false data. They're, yeah. they're, they're interpreting this completely false. Dude. Um, so there might be a bit of a conspiracy on it and a suppression of things, you know, and, and this is really happening as well. You know, there is, um, there is a, a lot of suppression of um, information that would go against the, the big pharma's, you know, situation. Yeah, that's uh, hopefully not surprising to anyone who's listening mm-hmm. here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about meditation mist. And we, we touched on it earlier, but because um, that is the first, my first introduction to your products. Yeah. Well, the, the Zen meditation mist, we, we, we started to talk about it with the hape, mm-hmm. you know, and so what I found was that, um, it was, it was too much with, with the regular way it was administered. And so, um, we had already been making some nasal sprays. And so I, I had this fantastic idea of like, well, I'm going to make a hape nasal spray. And that's when Zen was born. And it was beautiful because it's right on the edge of like giving you that, that strong effect. So it does burn, but it doesn't last very long. No. And most people can tolerate it very well. And you, you can really experience that, that, you know, that afterglow effect, which is in essence, it's a, um, it's a strong parasympathetic response to the vagus nerve because your face, the, the inside of your sinuses and nasal passage, tongue inside the mouth, eyes, sensory of all that is, is, um, is filtered through the, um, trigeminal nucleus and it's the largest nucleus in your brainstem. So your brainstem is where all these autonomic, uh, nuclei are, right? So the autonomic nervous system is really rooted in that brainstem primitive, right? Primitive brain. And, um, so it's this automatic response. And, um, so, so we have this, um, We're good. Yeah. We, we, we edit this a little bit. No, we're going to roll with it. Okay. You're yeah. fucking human. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I got to sleep very late last night. Yes, you did. <laughs> we're talking about the meditation mist. And I know that, you know, from my experience, one of the things I love about it, it is, it's like a kinder, gentler version of Hoppe. And what I love mm-hmm. about Hoppe is it just, it just clears everything for me. It gets me out of my mind. Mm-hmm and gets me into my body and hopefully into my heart. Mm-hmm. And I think what you've created with meditation miss is that opportunity for people to drop into a deeper meditative state. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have different options for it, right? You have yeah. the, the, the classic the version essential oil, you have the, the essential oil, which is EO on the label and then the, the CBD. CBD. Yeah. And so this burning effect, right, is yeah. activating the trigeminal nucleus. This is where I kind of lost my train of thought. And so um, because it's such a large nucleus, when it's activated, it really integrates this parasympathetic response, right? So um, this is part of the effect. It's not just the medicine because the medicine, you know, does, you know, there's oxytocin in there as well. And some other like linalol, which is the active ingredient in um, lavender. So, so there's a lot of science within that to promote and support this parasympathetic reaction. That's, and that's where you get the, uh, when you're in meditation, 
you know, when you're in a deep state of meditation, you're in a deep state of parasympathetic. And so, so mm. that's what the goal with the, the Zen is, is to promote that. And so it can be used anytime during the day. Dude, I use it like literally I'll be playing golf mm -hmm. and I'll have a couple of shitty holes. And what happens? I'm in my head. I'm thinking about this. I'm worried about what just happened. I get in the golf cart. I hit that it just drops me in back into my body. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm good. It's mm -hmm. like, su it's been such a great tool. Nice. Uh, yeah. And that could, but I, you know, I use it every morning. I use the, the, um, the, the, whatever, the classic version, not the EO or the, uh, the CBD. I use yeah, that in the, the morning. because regular it's, extra strength. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's stronger. It's mm -hmm. got the stronger hoppe. And so I, I get to feel the, the medicine throughout my body. And that really just grounds me into the day. And so mm -hmm. I've loved, I've loved the experience working with that. Yeah. So, so you can use it as an entry into meditation. Um, there's a, a breath I, I like to call the, the, the Zen, uh, 10 and Zen. So 10 Wim Hof breaths, right. And you can do more, you know, especially for the experienced um, breath work practitioners. And I, I kind of uh, came up with this in a sauna with Ben Greenfield, you know, early on, you know, I really attribute, um, a lot of what's going on with MitoZen and, and, and even being invited on a lot of these podcasts from Ben Greenfield, because he kind of, you know, his, his cousin was my best friend and um, passed of cancer. So then uh. Ben and I became very close, basically collaborating to save uh, Tim Brown's life. And he, he just was uh, very quickly taken by cancer. And so, so then that left this beautiful relationship with, with Ben Greenfield and his family. And so, um, you know, we started to talk about, you know, melatonin and some of the things that we're doing with the, the, the glutostat and so forth and COVID hit. Right. And so he started to, uh, to talk about the, the glutostat with regard to, um, some of the, the current issues that were going on. And it just created so much uh, attention with our products and it kind of took off from there. So, um, Ben has a very loyal, he's amazing group. Uh, yeah. you know, his, his audience is, I mean, we've, we've worked with Ben with feel free. Yeah. yeah. He's done some, oh, he loves feel free. He fucking loves it. And, yeah. and you can tell when he promotes it that he does. And I mean, he's moved some product. Oh, for sure. You know, as you know, you've, you've yeah. had direct experience yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been an amazing relationship. Yeah, it's funny. Actually, I, I, um, we had got connected through a mutual friend. And so I went up and spent a little time with him this summer. Okay. And, uh, I was happy to see that he had the, the Zen, the Zen. I was oh, like, yeah. dude, yeah. And I hadn't met you at this point, but I'm oh. like, I love this stuff. And he, he obviously knows who Luke, who Luke's story is. And so he kind yeah. of bridged that gap, but, uh, -huh. yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so tell us, I think we've, we've had them wait long enough. Let's get back into oh, the suppositories. The yeah. Let's get back into the suppositories. And we've talked about the, the NAD plus max. Um, we didn't talk about the neurodial, but that's another mm -hmm. one that you have. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it's part of the travel hacker kit, right? So that that's what I had set you up And Luke's story has kind of, um, added in the NAD to that protocol. So that the, so I was traveling between Hawaii and Florida like three, four times a year. Cause my dad and I grew up in Hawaii. My dad and sister still live out there and I have lots of friends. And so I go out there. And so it's, 
you know, it's a long trip and there's, you know, five to six hours of, of, um, change and in, in time. And so I was trying to solve the problems related to travel. Um, and, and what are the problems? The problem is, um, when you travel the stresses of the flight, right? Poor air quality, um, a lot of, um, um, electromagnetic stress, right? So there's a lot of neuro excitation that happens and to calm that down, you know, and neuroprotective aspect of like CBD, you know, we have a 300 milligram CBD suppository and, um, that seems to work really, really well to mitigate a lot of the, the, the negative effects of flying. So what Luke found is he added in the NAD max to the flight, right? So while flying, you're like supporting your cells with the NAD and, you know, keep in mind when it's done with a suppository, you can do it with liposomals, but when it's done with a suppository, you know, Luke likes to do that right before in the bathroom, right before he gets on the plane, but you can actually do it in the plane as well. I did it. One of my proudest moments recently <laughs> was on the way to South Africa. I did one in flight. I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Let's right. go. Biohack. <laughs> yes, I'm doing you the thing. You're not a biohacker. Yeah. I'm a biohacker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but shit. it's like slowly releasing into your bloodstream while you're on the plane, right? And it's offering you all this support and so mitigating, and then the glutostat, you know, you can, you can do the sprays of that while you're, while you're flying to mitigate some of the air quality issues and to, you know, um, have less of a chance of picking something up on the flight. And then, um, when you get to your destination, what's the biggest problem is we don't, we don't like have a really solid good night to sleep. So it's a strange bed. There might be some issues with, with, uh, time differences. And so to have a really powerful um, kind of what Ben Greenfield calls it the melatonin sledgehammer, right? Oh yeah. So you get to your destination and at, at bedtime you go and take 200 milligrams or more of melatonin. And it's just like totally resets your circadian rhythm. And for most people, it provides this just, you know, amazing night's sleep. And so then you wake up after your, your flight and your first night sleeping and you're refreshed, ready to enjoy your trip. And that's what I found when, you know, when I first started playing around with this protocol, you know, I got to Hawaii and I was out there surfing, you know, big waves on the North shore, like the very next day, mm. feeling amazing. And same thing on the way back. And so then we created this, this kit and you can, you can get this kit, you know, through, a, through our company and it's just all, everything's just in this in this, this, this one kit. That's Much called. like the fasting kit. It's mm -hmm. all, that's the, the, again, it's me, the, the ease of all this, the, mm -hmm. the frictionless, mm -hmm. you know, kind of experience is, is great. Along those lines, I had one question before we talk about the magic bullet, but you know, I've noticed a few times, you know, so just so people know after your morning elimination is, is when you put your suppository in, otherwise it's backed up. It can't get in. You're going to shit it out. I've had a couple times where I've waited an hour or so after I've done it and I've had a little something going on in my gut and I end up losing it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's, what's going on in that case? Is there any, is it just sometimes that's what's going to well, happen? That very, that very tail end of the colon, um, you know, right before the rectum, you know, when there's material there, um, then it can stimulate 
what's called peristalsis, which is the movement of the gut to push things through. Right. So, um, that's why it's best to, um, insert a suppository after a bowel movement. Right. And so there might be, you know, kind of a bowel movement on its way. Right. And it's, it's inevitable. And then all of a sudden you're going to give this kind of slight, you know, promotion of oh, peristalsis yeah, totally. and then you're going to eliminate. So it will happen occasionally where you'll lose a suppository and it's just part of the deal. You know, you just put another one in. Dude, it happened to me. <laughs> we were on a game drive in South Africa and all of a sudden I started to feel, I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. It's not like it's just, you know, step off and take a leak. And so I'm holding it, holding it, holding it. I'm waiting for us to, we're going back to the camp. It's the end of the night. Uh-huh. And sure enough, it was the night where they had this dinner set up for us out on the game reserve. And we pull up and everybody's there, this big setup. And I look at my buddy boy and I'm like, what the fuck? Like what? I thought we were going back to the camp. Uh So I had to go back behind a bush and and do it like the animals. And it was, you know, when it, when it comes out of the- What did you wipe with? They actually had a little, they had a little toilet paper on the, uh, (laughs) but they do have some, some great plants. And if you, if you needed to, but you know, man, that stuff's messy. Yeah. It was, it was a Lumital blue. Yeah. Little, little shout out. You could always do it like the dogs do, right? Where they kind of scoot (laughs) in the leaves. Yeah. I didn't trust that, that move. There was a lot of dirt where I I think anybody, if they're really honest, would say that they've been in a situation where they had to do that in the woods without toilet paper and you figure it out. Right? Yeah. It's usually some sort of leaf that's <laughs> yeah. not ideal, but it works. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk about, um, methylene blue. So, um, methylene blue is a molecule. It's a salt and, uh, German scientists, um, was, was, he came up with the term magic bullet and he was looking at, you know, it was referencing methylene blue really because they, they found that it has all these profound healing capacities. And I wrote an ebook on, on methylene blue and I'd love to share it with your listeners. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So what's, we'll, what's the title or how do you, what's the best way to share? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a good question. Methylene blue miracle. It's not miracle molecule. Cause that's, you know, I'm forgetting the title to it, but it's, uh, it, it it's irrelevant cause we're going to just have the PDF on your, it's, in your show notes. That's right. It's going to be in the show notes. Yeah. So, um, it breaks down, you know, the history, uh, the different, um, benefits of taking methylene blue based on the science and then how we're using it both. Um, it's a you know, new product that we launched recently called Lumital blue. And, um, there's, uh, you can use it as a suppository and actually methylene blue has a very good absorption orally. And so um, the problem with other products with methylene blue is it turns the mouth blue. So yeah, I've had the blue canatine, yeah, uh, trochees, which and, you know you kind of fucks look up like the a, mouth for about three or four yeah, hours. You look like a, you look like a zombie. Yes, like you just ate somebody's brains or, or you something, just blew right? a Smurf. Yeah. So um, so with the with the the oral application to the the suppository because it's like um, it's like uh, um, palm oil right? So you can break them apart. We're going to actually be having some new products launched. We have a nasal spray that we're going to launch, Lumital Blue Nasal Spray. And yeah, will, will that turn your nostrils blue? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, it, it's uh, maybe a little, Yeah, but you won't see it. Okay. It's on the inside. So yeah. Who cares? Yeah. 
Um, and then we're going to be creating a, a system that's kind of like a trochee, but they're more like something you can throw in the back of your throat and take a sip of water. And, and then that, that what, what's nice and what you want with methylene blue is you want a slow release. You don't want a quick release, but the safety on methylene blue is, is, is pretty amazing. Um, 10 milligrams per kilogram of body weight is, is totally safe, right? So someone of our size, you know, a uh, couple hundred milligrams, you know, not a problem, but you wouldn't want to take a couple hundred milligrams like all at once, right? Within five minutes or something like that, you would want to spread that over time because that's where you start to get into some of the safety issues is the rate of, uh, of that substance. And so, um, methylene blue. So let's, let's kind of talk about like methylene blue and it, it was originally, um, used as an industrial dye, uh, to dye clothing, right. And tapestries. And so then they were looking to, um, try to observe the parasite that carries malaria. And so they needed to stain these, these microorganisms to look at them under the microscope to check them out. And then they found that it actually killed the parasite. Wow. And they're like, holy shit, we're onto something. So wow. thus you have the first drug ever approved by the FDA for malaria. And today it's still the best, um, option. Now, hydroxychloroquine, right? Everybody's heard about this, yeah. you know, and there's been some um, controversy as far as it's antiviral, you know, against COVID-19. But one of the complaints, so then in World War II, the, um, the, uh, the troops that were along the, the kind of the Pacific Rim and so forth, um, because they had a high risk of malaria, they were all given methylene blue. And you just took it prophylactically every day. And they knew that the soldiers were taking their medicines because their, their urine was blue. And they used to have a saying that would say, you know, I'm so patriotic. Like my urine's even blue. I yeah, pee blue. Right? That's awesome. But there was also a lot of complaints. You know, a lot of people, they didn't like that. The soldiers didn't like that, which, I, you know, when, when you consume our products, your urine definitely turns blue. And yeah. I, I don't get why that would be a problem. I think it's like beautiful. I think it's cool. <laughs> the only problem is when the suppository comes out a little bit early, it does stay in the toilet people. So just be, have a, have a brush handy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the earlier you clean that, the, <laughs> yeah. as long as you, as you clean it right away, don't yeah. let it set overnight, then it gets harder and harder to, to kind of clean out. But, um, but so the, they were given this in World War II. And so there was a, there was a, um, um, an interest um, in the public. And so the, the scientists went back and they're trying to figure out if they could come up with a drug that did, that was doing the effect that methylene blue could do without the, you know, the blue. Mm. And so that's where the um, hydroxychloroquine is actually like a, a child of no methylene shit. blue. So this was the process of that experimentation is you have hydro and a number of other drugs within that, that family. Um, but, um, but that's, but that's basically methylene blue, in my opinion, is much more powerful than hydroxychloroquine in that, in that arena. And you said that it has, in your experience, cured, or I don't want to use the word cure, but it's, it's been able to, uh, mitigate the, well, our, the our, effects our of COVID-19. Uh, Matt Bennett, right. He did some research in, in Mexico and he was able to show that he could like completely eradicate, you know, the you know, he could take people in two days that were, you know, 
with COVID and his protocol with intravenous methylene blue and intravenous light, right? So it's like combining. So this is where we start to get in anyway. So he was able to show that there was just tremendous benefits. And then of course he went to the FDA, super excited, like, Hey, we have the answers. And of course they're like, Oh, well, you know, that's Mexicans. Like here in the United States, we have Caucasians and Asians, but you have to do, and it's like an impossible request from the FDA for someone that's just like a physician trying to bring this gift to the world. And, um, and so he was pretty much blocked at that point, but the research is there and you can find it online, you know, and it's real. And so then there was a, um, researcher group out of Europe that reproduced that in, um, and it was in a Petri dish basically. And, and Matt had done that. Um, and, and, and so they were able to see that within, um, two minutes, COVID would, would just die with the exposure of methylene blue. Damn. And so they, they, they reproduced that and lo and behold, it was, it was accurate. So it's not only Matt, but it's, it's, it's been reproduced and it's been shown to be, um, and I've had some patients that I've treated, you know, that they're, they were, the symptomatic aspect was greatly improved, uh, with the application of intravenous methylene blue and, and intravenous light. So, you know, how can people create this at home? You know, um, I mean, we have a pretty elab- elaborate clinic and we do some pretty fancy things with some of these protocols with ozone and methylene blue and intravenous light and all these different things like that. Um, but at home, you know, people can get like a red light panel, right? Um, and like, do you the, have a brand that you recommend? We have uh, Mitolites. So we actually sell some. You panels. do? Yeah. Oh, so the gift that I you gave me mm-hmm. was we so that's not that the mini is not on our website yet <laughs> probably within a week or two um but uh but it's a beautiful little mini um light you can put that right over your wrists or around your your carotids you know in your neck because those are going to be areas where you're going to get exposure to the blood right and so that's what you want so the methylene blue um so this is kind of how it works so we talked about those four proteins that deal with moving electrons, right? So there's four different kind of entries that the mitochondria can use to make energy. And so they're, they're, they're called complexes and they're based on their number system. There's complex one, two, three, and four. And the fourth complex is called cytochrome C, okay? And cytochrome C, just like the name, cyto, cell, chrome, light. So it is a way that the, the, the body can actually take light and turn it into energy, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is a system that we're, we're born with. It's like, it's there, right? So we can utilize that. Back and to your point originally, it's like, we just energy. need to get out of the way for the healing. Our body can do it. Right, right. It's wisdom. So what's really fascinating about methylene blue is that it's profoundly accentuated when you mix it with, um, with light. But even more so, you can add um, uh, nano uh, silver to it as well. So, like, this isn't something that we have in our um, in our products, but you can take it as a supplement at the same time, and it would really accentuate things. Um, in the clinic, we actually add um, silver uh, nano silver to the IV. How is that different than like a colloidal silver thing that, you know, I would take a little drop of Same. Okay. So yeah. Pairing that would work. Any, any colloidal silver would be fantastic. Okay. 
Yeah. And there's actually studies that show that you can Google silver, methylene blue, and they actually actually show that it enhances the, the ability of the, of it's photodynamic, right? So we're talking about photo biomodulation. So photo meaning light, and then it's modulating your, your, your cells. And so this concept works through the cytochrome C complex, that fourth complex, but methylene blue by itself, once it gets into the mitochondria, actually activates all four complexes and it's, a, it's an electron donor. And that's why like, there's a lot of UFC fighters um, that uh, have found this to be really beneficial and like athletes in general. I mean, anybody that's really looking to improve their, um, their abilities, uh, you know, because you, it allows you to have energy outside of oxygen. So breath hold, you know, um, you know, when you're doing physical exertion and activities, you, you're going to be able to have a higher capacity for that because you're actually infusing that mitochondria with an ability to make energy outside of, um, the regular, uh, electron transport chain. So, and you feel it, you know, when you take it, you know, you feel, um, you feel that energy and that higher capacity. So it, it gets back to that hormetic window you know, your, your, your body's more resilient to stress, you know, and that's a good thing in today's world. Yeah. And so with, with the suppository, um, a couple of times a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And same with the NAD plus max a couple of times a week, these different suppositories, and I'm sure each is a little bit different, but you recommend, um, in, pulsing, in, right? pulsing, so right? It's not like something that you want to now there are some different situations. Um, I mean, there's some, some good evidence, uh, methylene blue really helps with a lot of degenerative neurologic disorders. You know, really, really good research on that. Um, it, it's, it's got some amazing antimicrobial capacities, you know, um, and uh, it, it, it supports the mitochondria and it, it's been shown to be very beneficial for depression. However, it can, um, because it acts like an SSRI, if you're on antidepressants, you want to you know, consider that because you could have too much serotonin with, with the combination of them, but it has an incredible, um, mood lifting ability. Now, I don't know if you've noticed that, but like, you just feel really happy when you're taking, uh, the, the Lumetol blue. Mine was, I, the first couple of times was over in South Africa. It was kind of hard to tell. Mm. I'm generally pretty happy though. Yeah. I, right. Yeah. So you're, you're already there. So it's even more happy. Well, so tell me this, because I know we are, we're, we're running up against it here. I want to, um, before we kind of go over the, the different ways for people to work with you, just to give it to them another time. Um, the stuff you're working on right now, like where do you see yourself in a year from now? What would you like to be doing? What would you have liked to have brought, you know, to the marketplace to share with people? And is there anything longer term that you're really working on that has got you really excited? Yeah. Um, thanks for asking that. Good question. You know, I, I try to stay in the moment. You know, I don't have like a set, you know, um, idea of what the future is going to bring with regards to, you know, where I'm at currently with, with both the supplements and, and the protocols and the, my clinic itself. But I do know that it, it's, it's changing very, very quick, Kyle. Um, Cal, I mean, like it, it, what we're doing now versus a year ago, you know, is just it. And so as we're gaining more knowledge and we're starting to understand these substances and how the body works, 
um, it, it's just this radical change. So I imagine that that is going to continue to evolve. And so I look to just kind of stay on the forefront of that, you know, and continue to just, um, you know, expand this, this understanding of the body and how to really address the core aspect of disease, which we kind of really touched on, you know, which is the, 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 the batteries, the cellular energy, the metabolic capacity. And, and that's really where I see the future of medicine is, is this core upstream aspect of, of health and healing. And, um, you know, the spiritual, um, part of my life has just continued to evolve and grow and expand and integrating that into, um, my own practice, you know, in my own life and also working with patients. And, uh, this is something that I see also, uh, rapidly evolving and, and, and I look to, um, you know, may create that, uh, to be something that I can, um, help others in a way that it's, um, something that can be integrated into the life. Right. So it's like, there's, you know, I, you don't have to go and meditate for like 30 days in a dark cave. Right. So how can we bring some of these things? Like we talked about the Aramaic forgiveness process, like what are ways that we can create like this ultimate vitality both structurally and chemi- chemically in, in the body and, and then ways that we can promote this direct experience of like who we really are, right? That, that source connection that we can have and that, 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 that knowing, right. That we're, that, that we're, you know, who we are and where we came from and that we're all connected. Mm-hmm. And so when you put all these together, you know, this is really where the magic happens. So the, the question is, how do you create that in like, say a three-day program or a 30-day program and refine that? That's, that's really where my attention's at. I love it. And I, and for, I, for one, love the, the answer of staying with what's present because as you said, the shit, you, you know, a year ago, you had had no idea you were doing this. So we really don't know. And I think it's so important. I know in my life to just stay with this right now. And, you know, maybe there's something that's that's pulling me in a certain direction, but ultimately just being present with it is so important. And mm-hmm. so yeah. that, that one really resonated for well, me. Yeah. It's just like the conversation we had, you're not, you don't have like a goal, right? So there's no, no like set goal. It has to be this way or, you know, um, it's, I okay. did have a goal of some things that I want to talk about. And I think we hit them. Most oh, of them. Okay. Aside from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to mention these different, um, ways for people to connect with you. And I want you to give like 30 seconds to a minute of just the kind of the cliff notes on what this option is. Right. So, uh, ultimate cellular reset Mm -hmm. is. So that's, um, a YouTube channel. And so I, I do interviews, um, and we have, uh, a number of like interviews, like say with Frank Schallenberger, the father of ozone and we talk with Seth, uh, Seth Quinto, who's got the largest colloidal silver company, you know, d- interviews with my friend, Dan Pompa on detox. And, and so, um, we kind of deep dive into a lot of these subjects and these videos are posted at ultimatecellularreset.com. There's other articles there. And then, um, the store is mitozen.com. And I think we're going to do a coupon. Yeah. It's either, it's either unlearn or Cal. Okay. So. If the one doesn't work, 
try the other. Okay. But there's definitely they they may they may both actually work. Yeah. Um. So yes, we, we have can make both of them work. Yeah. So they they're both working by the time y'all get this, and so this is where you're gonna find all the suppositories, the the nasal delivery, kind of anything that you're gonna want to buy is mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And then our clinic is advancedrejuvenation.us. You know, so if people are interested in exploring more about, you know, some of the work that we're doing with neurological cases with the functional neurology and the functional cranial release, um, that actually there's a separate website, functionalcranialrelease.com, which mm-hmm. has a lot of information there. But we we also do a lot with um, orthopedic uh, regeneration with stem cells. You know, we were early adopters. Uh, doing using high definition ultrasound, doing precise, um, you know, injections using bone marrow and using different placental stem cell products and platelet rich plasma, and so it's a big part of our practice. You know, treating, um, you know, uh, the treating the body with regenerative medicine. I, this is another really amazing conversation that maybe we should have on another another show. Yeah, done. Um, Luke and I did a a, a great show that's coming out in. Um, next month, I think, where we just deep dive into uh, regenerative medicine, especially for pain and, and structural applications. You know, what might be fun. And Josh and I have done this before. Josh and I did a uh, co-hosted an episode, but I think the four of us getting together yeah, and just dropping in would be really fun. So you, me, Luke, Luke and, and Josh. And jo- oh yeah. Oh boy. I got four let's mics. We can make that happen. So next time you're here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's set that up. Super wow. Fun. Right, that that would be a good one. Yeah, yes. let's do that for sure. Okay, so uh, I know Luke gave you a bit of advice about maybe changing your Instagram handle, but as mm-hmm. of now, it's Ultimate Cellular Reset, Reset. at Instagram, and but so we're gonna try to change that. I to think you gotta go to your name or something. Yeah. It will yeah. be in the show notes because, and then everything else can fall through that. Yeah, that's you know? good advice. It's a. Sound advice. I agree. Uh, is there anything else you think we uh, need to cover before we wrap up? Uh, wow. We talked about a lot, you know, and I think um, we went deep in some areas and mm-hmm. we scratched the surface. So there's, there's a ton of information from, you know, certainly the websites you gave um, in particular, the, you know, I think ultimate cellular uh, reset is, is a great one, but just kick, kick around, um, through your, your different portals. And I think people will find what they're looking for. And I would say if someone's two two final questions, someone's a beginner, like in the biohacking space, right? Where are they going to get the most bang for their buck right now with what you're doing? And then if someone's in kind of more intermediate and they've been playing around for a while, where would you recommend them going? Well, you know, there's, there's multiple answers to that. So like, I think sinus hygiene, you know, that should just be a given. It's really easy. You can throw that in your pocket or your car and, and execute that protocol. And do you recommend, um, pairing that with some nasal rinse and stuff like that, like neti pots or any of that? I do. So I have, I have a sinus protocol that uh, again, we, we can put that as a PDF that outlines. And so there's, there's different levels of this sinus protocol where we can nebulize some of the, some of the antimicrobials, or we can, um, uh, 
you know, add like a neti pot. So I personally, every morning I'll take neti pot and, and, and what I'll do is I'll add a little bit of iodine to the, to the, to the water, you know, to the saline. And, and I'll even take some of the liquid glutostat in the dropper bottle and put that in with the neti pot and I'll irrigate. And then after I irrigate, I'll spray the, the, the glutostat nasal spray. And that's kind of how I start my day. And do you just question, do you use like the, the old school neti pot or do you use like that, the spray bottle rinse? Yeah. Or does it matter? So, well, they're both, they're both adequate. There's a, there's a bottle system, um, where there's like a little pump on the side of the bottle. Right. And you kind of, you can just, you put it up to your nasal passage and then just squeeze that little pump that comes off the side of the bottle. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. I'll, I'll, um, I'll look it up and we'll put it in the show notes. Great. Okay. So any of those work great. Um, so then, so then if you want to start like dipping into some of this metabolic medicine, I mean, all three options that we talked about, melatonin, methylene blue, right. And NAD, they're all like fantastic. You could cycle through them, you know, um, it's hard to say without working through it, you know, you know, you should work through a healthcare provider, right? So like everything that we're talking about today is just conversation and ultimately anything that you do should be something that you cross-reference with your healthcare provider and not just take this as, this is not medical advice by no means. Um, however, all of those three could be realistically cycled and there might be some one aspect that is going to give you a, a more of a bang for, you know, your experience. So you might feel a lot better, like say on NAD versus um, methylene blue. And I would look at the NAD and the methylene blue as something that's going to like have like an immediate improvement in your cellular energy capacities, where the melatonin is going to be more kind of in a deeper level, protecting you from stress which is going to allow, so you need less methylene blue. You would need less NAD, right? Because it's like providing less stress to the cell. So you don't need to buffer stress as much. So you have more capacity and energy. Love that. Perfect. That's a wrap, brother. Yeah. You're going to be a little late for your appointment. Is that okay? It's okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm good with that. Thanks for coming on. I look forward to the next one already. Thanks for having me. Yeah, brother. Yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, no doubt. You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, check out the show notes or head over to thegreatunlearn.com for additional episodes and information regarding events, retreats, and the TGU store. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe and share this with friends who might enjoy our platform. Don't forget to leave that five-star rating and review as it really helps us spread the love and unlearning. You can find me on Instagram at cal.callahan and on YouTube under The Great Unlearn. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn and we'll talk soon. No, no different, only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. <laughs>